Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this Genesis podcast. This is going to do Genesis chapter 24. So we'll just jump right into this. This is the story of Isaac uh, being married to Rebekah. So let's get into this. And Abraham was old, being well stricken or advanced in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put forth, I pray thee, thy hand under my hand. They are going to shake hands in a covenant, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites whom I, among whom I dwell. So Abraham is making a covenant with his servant that he's going to find him a wife, that find Isaac a wife, but not among the Canaanites. And so he's going to go back to uh, the country uh, that Abraham comes from. Why doesn't Abraham want Isaac to take a wife from among the Canaanites? For one thing, the Canaanites probably didn't possess the right to the priesthood. From Abraham 1, we learn that the right to the priesthood was partly a matter of lineage. It appears that Canaan, one of the sons of Ham, was cursed pertaining to the priesthood, and it was this same Canaan who settled the land of Canaan. One of Canaan's sons was Heth, and when Esau later married two of the daughters of Heth, those marriages were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. Rebekah tells Isaac... I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? In other words, Abraham would have been particularly aware of priesthood rites. The records of the fathers, even the patriarchs, concerning the right of priesthood, the Lord my God preserved in mine own hands. At any rate, it is unlikely that a woman of Canaan, unless converted, would have raised Isaac's children to believe in Abraham's God. They might even have persuaded Isaac to believe in their, in their gods. Abraham probably knew the fate of Lot and his children, some of whom had intermarried with the unbelieving inhabitants of Sodom and were consequently destroyed with them. He may also have felt that a woman separated from her kindred and culture was more likely to come under his and Isaac's influence than one living among her own relatives. And that was by Dennis Packard and Sandra Packard. Verse 4, But thou shalt go unto my country. This is a trip of about 500 miles. It'll take the servant between four and seven weeks to get there. And to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Why does Abraham select his steward for the important mission of finding Isaac a wife? Why didn't he go himself to arrange the marriage? The 500-mile trip from, the, from Beersheba, Hebron area to Haran was likely an arduous one, especially difficult for someone of Abraham's age, perhaps another reason why his age is emphasized at the beginning of the chapter. And again, that was by the Packards. Now, the other reason that he wants to send his servant is that because it's dangerous, he doesn't send Isaac on this trip because it's dangerous and he doesn't want there to be any um, any mischief that happens or any danger that happens to Isaac. He wants him to, to stay under his uh, watchful care until they can secure a wife for him. So that's uh, why he's not sending Isaac, but he's sending the servant instead. Verse 5, And the servant said unto him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Then I must needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest. And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that 
thou bring not my son hither, thither again. He doesn't want to put Isaac in danger by allowing him to travel outside their homeland. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thee will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this thine oath. Only bring not my son thither again. If the woman does not come with you, in other words, your promise is fulfilled. And the servant put his hand under the hand of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning this matter. So the covenant and promise is made. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia. Uh, unto the city of Nahor. Now this is uh, Nahor named after Abraham's brother. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the even, the time when women go out to draw water. The servant asks for a sign to know the woman that is to marry Isaac. And so that's what he's going to ask for here. And he said, you know, the servant is now praying. So obviously this is a faithful member of the church, uh, the servant of Abraham. O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee this day, that thou wouldst show kindness unto my master Abraham and send me good speed. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink and she shall say drink and I will give thy camels drink also. Let her be the one whom thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So here the master or the servant is asking for this sign so that the woman that he says these things to would be the, the person he's supposed to take back with him. Verse 15, And it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother. So this uh, Rebekah turns out to be uh, Isaac's first cousin once removed. Uh, she came with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel, being a virgin, very fair to look upon, such as the servant of Abraham had not seen. In other words, this woman is the most beautiful woman the servant had ever seen. Neither had any man known the like unto her. She went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. I wonder if he's uh, noticing, you know, this is a pretty, pretty woman. Maybe I should try at, to ask her first. Uh, and she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let her down, let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw and drew for all the, his camels. Now there's 10 camels he mentioned. And one camel can drink between 30 and 50 gallons at a time. Now, don't know how how late they had drunk uh, before they got there, but uh, they can drink at least 30 gallons in about 10 minutes. She could have fetched between 300 and 500 gallons of water, and that would have taken quite a bit of time to do that, drawing them out of the well each time. This is showing the character of Rebecca here and, and the hard worker that she is. Verse 21, And the man wondering at her held his peace, pondering in his heart whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring, and in Hebrew it says ring, of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands and ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray, pray thee, and is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, 
which she bare unto Nahor, and she said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough, and room to lodge in. And the man, the man bowed down his head, this is the servant, and worshipped the Lord. And in other words, the sign had been given. And he said, Blessed is the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left my master destitute of his mercy and his truth. And when I was in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran to the house and told her mothers, her, told her mother these things. And Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and the bracelets unto, the, unto his sister's hands. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me. And I came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord, wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house, the room for the camels, and room for the camels. And the man, in other words, the servant, came into the house, and he unburdened his camels and gave straw and provender for the camels and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that came with him. And there was set before him food to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And Laban said, Speak on. And so now the servant is going to explain everything that uh, has just happened, that he promised Abraham uh, that he would do this, that he would find a wife for his uh, son Isaac. Uh, and then he, he's recounting the entire account here that we just read uh, down to verse 48. And then he says in verse 49, And now, if thou wilt deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. In other words, here's the important question. Can I take Rebekah with me to marry Isaac? If not, tell me so I can go find someone else. Verse 50, Then Laban and, and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. But Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. Now, does Rebekah have anything to say about it? So we'll find out here in a minute. So he's just talking to the men here so far, and they've given consent to take Rebekah back with him. But, but Rebekah hasn't been spoken to yet. Verse 52, And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard these words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels, or things of silver and gold, and jewels of gold and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away unto my master. In other words, fulfill the obligation, let me take Rebekah with me, and I'll depart. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us at the, at the least ten days. After that she shall go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away, that I may go unto my master. So he's anxious to get going. I don't think he wants them to change their minds after the ten days are up. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they probably have explained things to her and the miracle that's happened here in finding her. And so now she's willing to go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, O thou our sister, be thou blessed of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those who hate them. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man, and the servant took Rebekah and went his way. In verse 62, And Isaac came from the way of the well, Leheroi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, 
she dismounted off the camel, for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. The wedding ceremony was most likely performed by Abraham, and he probably uh, sealed them as he would in, in the temple. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So what character qualities did Rebecca have that made her a good wife? So there's some things here that talk about this. The sacred narrative now turns to the history of Isaac, the heir to the promises, still marking in its course the same dealings on the part of God which had characterized the life of Abraham. Viewed in connection with the divine promises, the marriage of Isaac would necessarily appear a subject of the deepest importance to Abraham. Two things were quite firmly settled in the mind of the patriarch. Isaac must on no account take a wife from among the Canaanites around. He must not enter into alliance with those who were to be dispossessed of the land. And Jehovah, who had so often proved a faithful God and in obedience to whose will he now refused what might have seemed highly advantageous connections, would himself provide a suitable partner for Isaac. These two convictions determined Abraham's conduct as they also guided that of his eldest servant, whom Abraham commissioned to execute his wishes, and who in general seems to have been deeply imbued with the spirit of his master. Like I said, he was converted to the Lord. Sometime before, Abraham had been informed that his brother Nahor, whom he left behind at Haran, had been blessed with numerous descendants. To him the patriarch now dispatched his servant, the elder of his house, who ruled over all that, he, all that was his, generally supposed to have been Eleazar of Damascus, though at that time he must, like his master, have been far advanced in years. But before departing, he made him swear by Jehovah, since this matter concerned the very essence of the covenant, to avoid every alliance with the Canaanites and to apply to his kindred. And when the servant put before him the possibility that the execution of this, might, of this wish might render it necessary for Isaac to return to the land whence Abraham had come, the patriarch emphatically uh, rendered it necessary for Isaac to return to the land whence Abraham had come. I'm sorry, the patriarch emphatically negatived the, the suggestion as equally contrary to the divine will, while his faith anticipated no difficulty, but calmly trusted the result in God's hands. In all this, Abraham had no fresh revelation from heaven, nor needed he any. He only applied to present circumstances what he had formerly received as the will of God. Just as in all circumstances of life, we need no fresh communication from above, only to understand and to apply the will of God as revealed to us in his holy word. The result proved how true had been Abraham's expectations. Arrived at Haran, Abraham's servant made it a matter of prayer that God would prosper his way, for even when in the way of God's appointment, he must, we must seek and ask his special blessing. There, as he stood outside the city by the well, to which, according to the custom of the East, the maidens would resort at even to draw water for their households, it naturally occurred to him to connect in his prayer a mark of that religious courtesy, hospitality, and kindness to which he had been accustomed in his, in his master's house with the kindred of Abraham, and hence with the object of his journey. His prayer was scarcely finished when the answer came, before he had done speaking. Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor, came to the well by which the stranger stood. According to the sign on which he had fixed in his own mind, he asked her for water and so on. Before asking further for her kindred were, and seeking their hospitality, he rewarded her kindness by splendid presents. But when the answers of Rebekah showed him that Jehovah had actually led him straight to the house of his master's brethren, the man, fairly overcome by his feelings, bowed down his head and worshipped Jehovah. 
The description of what now ensued is not only ex exceedingly graphic, but true to the life. It is said that Rebecca ran and told her mother's household, that is, evidently to the female portion of the household. Next, Laban, Rebecca's brother, seeing the jewels and hearing her tale, hastens to invite the stranger with true eastern profusion of welcome. But the terms in which Laban, partially at least an idolater, addressed Abraham's servant, Thou blessed of Jehovah, remind us how easily the language of Abraham, in other words, religious language, is picked up by those who have really no claim to use it. The servant of Abraham, on the other hand, is quite like his master in his dignified bearing and earnestness of purpose. Before accepting hospitality at the hands of Bethuel and Laban, he will have an answer to the, to the commission on which he has been sent. Nor can persuasion or entreaty prevail on him to prolong his stay, even over the following day. With the full consent of Rebekah, <clears throat> the caravan returns to Canaan. Once more in an, it is evening, when the end of the journey is reached, it so happens that Isaac has gone out to meditate in the field, an expression which implies religious communion with God, probably in connection with, his ver with this very marriage. When he meets the returning caravan, Rebekah receives her future husband, with the becoming modesty of an eastern bride and the heart happiness of the son of promise is secured to him in union with her whom the Lord himself had provided as his wife. Isaac was at the time of his marriage 40 years old. And that's by Alfred Edersheim. I bear testimony of the truth of these things and the richness of the stories here that we have of Isaac and Rebecca and the beauty of their relationship here. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.